are just two sisters using podcast therapy to hash through the chaotic aftermath of our lives. We cover the spectrum of responses to life-altering events from the social norm to the OMG. Welcome to Chaotic Aftermath Podcast. Welcome to Episode 1. Trigger warning for this episode, we will be covering issues related to abuse and suicide. So how was your week? It was good. Yeah, I went to go visit Nikki for her birthday. Um, I surprised her. Nikki. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Got to make her cry. Because <laughs> she didn't know I was coming up there for her birthday. It was a birthday nice. surprise. So me and her husband kind of talked about it. And so I gave them my information, my flight info and stuff. So they came pick me up, but she didn't know. So nice. got to surprise her. And then... Went to her surprise party. She also didn't know about, which was great. <laughs> but yeah, it was good just to see her and hang out because I haven't seen her in so long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Side note. So I know A was there. Was L there? The trainer? No. Oh, okay. No. He had COVID. <gasps> oh, I know. No. Yeah. So we tried to FaceTime him. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... No. <laughs> I was super sad too because I was gonna be like, oh, yeah. I haven't seen you in forever. We miss you down there. <laughs> but yeah, so we had this trainer that we would go to that we met through Nikki, and he was phenomenal. Um, but then he moved back up because you know family. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you guys do anything, like go visit anywhere while you were up there? Um, we went to Old Town. Old um, Town. SAC. Oh, okay. Uh, and we Sacramento went to, for... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we um, went to an Old SAC. Old Town SAC. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went to this uh, store called Evangeline's. Uh-huh. And it's this costume store. A freaking epic. What? It is like three stories. Oh, gosh. They have the most intricate costumes they're like really nice quality uh-huh um like what kind of costumes every type that doesn't narrow it down they have everything <laughs> like they have from disney princess to like pirates to steampunk to mob to what about like big furry stuff um, actually, I don't think they have that fetish type stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> don't make the kids come after you. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't see any of those okay. necessarily, but I also wasn't paying attention to that. I was yeah. paying attention to the super cool costumes that I think I would wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, these are really good quality, not... Nice. Not the stuff that you see right now at Halloween stores. <gasps> oh, I wonder if that would be a good place to go for like when we do D23. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was that type of quality. Okay. Because so we just went to D23 for the first year, time this year. Or yeah, for the first time this year. It is year. like the Disney version of Comic-Con. Yeah, Disney version of Comic-Con. And people dress up like... Wow, we just went and read their clothes because it was our first year. We just wanted to hang out. Yeah, we didn't know what it was about, really. But it was like those costumes were amazing. My favorites, I think, though, were the pirate version Disney princesses. Yes, 
They were really good. I loved yeah. them. But also the Dumbo ride. Oh, the Dumbo ride. Yes. That was Bravo to whoever that is. If you're listening, you had the best costume ever. That was super cool. Like, cause it, it had little Dumbo uh, riders that went up and down all around her. So it spun around. Yeah. And it went up and down. Just like the Dumbo ride. Yeah. And she like, she controlled it too. She had a whole little control system on her chest That's area so that funny. she would like hit the switches <laughs> and it would, you know, control the ride around her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was super cool. And there were a whole lot of like really cool ones, but that one stood out. And then um, the pirate Disney pirate Disney princesses stood out because it wasn't just like, I'm just going to dress like a princess. It was like putting their own spin on it. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, and that one Cinderella that I thought was working at the um, wedding booth, booth. but actually was just another person attending. (laughs) I so thought she was part of the display. Yeah, so did I. I thought she was, you know, selling the wedding wedding section. Yeah. But no, she just had such an amazing costume. Yeah. And she looked just like her, but it was like, wow. Yeah. But yeah, that's Evangeline's is where we can go. Okay. So we'll have to find a way to go up there. How how long of a drive is it? Is it like eight hours? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty far. Yeah, well we'll we'll figure it out. It's a cheap flight. (laughs) Okay. It's a really cheap flight. (laughs) Maybe we would do that. Fly up there. It's like And we have two years. Yeah. We have a long time. (laughs) We have two years. (laughs) It's fine. So yeah. But no, it was great. Um how was your week? I think I'm going to leave it there. All right. Because literally my life is boring. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're caught up. Hey. Welcome to episode one. Trigger warning for this episode, we will be covering issues related to suicide and abuse. Today, really what we're going to be covering is um, kind of when we go into survival mode, right? So once the funeral's over and we're done... You know, with the meal trains and all the family coming to visit and everyone being there for us and the chaos is kind of ensued, Uh, we go back to our new beginning, right? And what is that for us? Yeah. Immediately after the uh, Jay's passing, there was definitely a huge outreach of love and support Yeah, um, from everyone, which we absolutely, you know, appreciated. But yeah, there comes a time where like everyone kind of moves on with their lives and it's then we're like left there and like the shattered yeah, lens of like, what the hell? What do we do now? Yeah. What do we do? How are we going to function? Yeah. You know, and I remember it being like super chaotic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all of us in one house. Yes. It was so many emotions. Your family. Yeah. My family, because it was me and Emma mm-hmm. and their dad. Mm-hmm. He was even staying with us mm-hmm. for quite some time. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Since so long. Um, but yeah, so we were, we were there and just trying to figure out, you know, like, first of all, we have to feed our kids, but we don't want to do anything. So yeah, thank goodness DoorDash. Uber Eats, Grubhub, you know. Yeah. 
And when you when we say that, like literally every single day, yeah. we were eating out sometimes twice a day because we just like I know I couldn't even yeah. function like getting up to go get food. Like, no, that's not happening. Even your husband, who is very, very big on like just cooking or going to pick things up, like mm-hmm. he is not the type to just be like, oh, okay, yeah, just order, whatever. Yeah, just door dash it. Yeah. No, he was even in that point of yeah. just like, no, just door dash it. And yeah. it was like, okay, we're all just trying to figure it out. And we didn't even want to fight with the kids. We were just no. like, okay, what do you want? Oh, none of you can figure it out. Okay. Sometimes we would order from two to three different places at once. Yeah. And it would be like, I don't know which DoorDash order this is that's at the door, but somebody <laughs> go downstairs and get it. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> go down and I hope it's yours. <laughs> and it was just, it was like that for quite some time. Yeah. It was and it, really hard. And I'm sure like if people are listening, they're like, must be nice. And like, no, that literally just went on our, onto our credit cards. Yeah. Like 100%. We did not have the money to be doing that. Um, and so that's definitely a negative thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but that's just like where we were at. We, we could not figure things out and it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. So like we had to put it on credit cards and it just was really difficult because I think we knew like, this is not good, but like, what else were we supposed to do? Yeah. We just didn't want to function. Which... No. And so going back to this happened when um I when we lost Claudia um our older sister for 3 months like I would go to work you know and look mm-hmm. like I was functioning but then when I came home I would just like literally lie down on the on the bed and just like scroll through Facebook play my games on my phone like I would do nothing and Pedro would be like taking care of the kids and you know doing the house stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't. I was in such a like deep depression. I could not do anything. To be honest, I don't think I ever really like processed her yeah. the loss of Claudia until the loss of Jay. Mm. And then I processed everyone because we lost, you know, our our abuelita and mm. Claudia so close together. Yeah. And also our other grandma, Grandma Carmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We lost everyone within, I want to say a year. Yeah. Of each other. And it was just chaos. Well, actually it was all three of our grandmas. Cause I remember going with my mom too. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, I never really processed it because I, as soon as I would take time off for that, I would go back to work. And that was when I was at sea duty. So mm-hmm. I was just super busy and I just kept going yeah. and going and going. And I think finally, yeah, you break. Yeah. You just put it to the back. So. And yeah, I think that's why this, this time, not only because it was my child, but because of not processing any loss whatsoever. And I think that was also a thing like the stigma in our family is we just never really talked about our failings or anything. Yeah. And it just all came all at once. Mm-hmm. So it made it like really hard for me to function. Well, and in this time, the, the immediate aftermath, I think we still weren't processing like, because 
we were all so scared to talk to somebody else because we didn't want to hurt anybody else's feelings or oh, like yeah. set them off. So like I didn't want to upset you. You probably didn't want to upset, upset me. No. We or, didn't want to upset the kids. And that was the big thing, right? Like yeah. especially around her sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we couldn't mention her name. We couldn't cry mm-hmm. because she would get upset. Yeah. And not like a little bit, but she would lash out. And she would especially get upset if we started talking about her. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. And she would, it, it took like a few months of me just finally being like, no, we, it's okay for us to talk about her and you can't be upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, let's be honest. What it, what ended up happening was she ended up going to live with her dad for a year, which really was the time that I actually was able to process Yeah, is when she went to go live with her dad. She actually chose it. Let me say that right now. <laughs> like I didn't tell her she had to leave or anything, but she chose that she wanted to go live with her dad. And for me, it was kind of hurtful at first, but then I thought about it and I was like, wait, this is the time I will be able to be be able to process everything that's happened, get the help I need to get and focus on me instead of only focusing on her. Yeah. And that was still a full nine months after. Yeah. Like we lived in chaos at home with everyone for nine months. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. She didn't leave right away. No. So there was nine months of just a lot of hurtful feelings going back and forth so yeah yeah the that was difficult so yeah i mean like doordash was one survival skill right so you think about like survivor surviving versus thriving and like that was definitely the doordash every day was surviving we weren't thinking about like oh we're gonna flourish it's a how are we gonna get to the next day yeah literally living one day to the next that's all we could even fun like focus on yeah, and I know that some people struggle with just getting out of bed mm-hmm. and, you know, taking showers and doing things that, like for us, that was the one thing we were okay with was, you know, our hygiene. We we were able to get up, take showers, but anything else after that, it was kind of like, nope. <laughs> I don't want to function. Yeah. Like I got out of bed, I took a shower, now I'm going to get back in bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And I think that was another thing too, is people not understanding, but we eventually had to go back to work. We Mm -hmm. couldn't take all this. We didn't have nine months off of work. No. Where, you know, I took a month of vacation time Mm -hmm. and then I had to go back. And that was its own chaos because one, I hadn't done anything in a month. Actually, it was it was almost two months by the time I got back to work after everything happened and then taking a month off. Mm-hmm. It was about two months of not doing anything and not eating right. First, I had to fit into my uniform, which mm. was a struggle on its own. But yeah. then going back in and trying to take back a leadership position which I was not in the place to be whatsoever. I can't believe I even tried to attempt to do anything in that form. Thankfully, the people that worked for me 
were amazing mm-hmm. and they functioned perfectly well on their own. Like not very much um, guidance for me because there wasn't anything coming for me, to be honest. Thankfully, they could function on their own without me because I wasn't really there to help them and guide them. And I ended up having like a huge confrontation at work, mm-hmm. which then caused me to get moved to a different position in a very kind way of saying it versus saying I got fired from my position and moved to another location. So I no longer had confrontation. But <laughs> I want to clarify that that was not a you thing. Like it was like maybe you shouldn't have said what you said, but you had reason for saying what you said. <laughs> right. So yelling at my boss and telling him off in not very kind words um, was not (laughs) really the greatest idea, especially in an open forum. (laughs) In the military? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) But I was not in the right headspace. And unfortunately, there are people who aren't understanding of that either. And he was one of them, right? Like he did not really understand how I couldn't just flip that switch of, oh, I'm sad. My personal life gets checked at the door and I come in and be super professional and I can function 100% now. But I wouldn't expect that from someone who doesn't know tragedy, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, you you think? <laughs> like, especially from your person, like in your situation, right? Like if I had a staff member who told me that they were, I'd be like, uh, yeah, you tell me what you need. You yeah. Know? But then how long does that last for? Right. And in their mentality, I get it. Cause you know, I've been in the military for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I know the mentality of like, okay, I, I feel for you, but we still have to get this done. At the time, I didn't care. And now I'm kind of justifying it, which I shouldn't because it's still fucked up that he said what he said to me. Yeah. And it is what it is. But, you know, I also understand that they, he had a job that had to get done regardless of what happens. Yeah, but that's why they have different places and different like programs, right? But instead of saying, okay, this isn't working. Let's see what else we can do. Let's see. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is I was already there for my own personal issues. Mm -hmm. So I had been moved from being out to sea to being somewhere where I'm not getting deployed so that I could get the mental health care that I needed because I was going through my own issues prior to the loss of my child. Right. And that's why I was there. And I think that's really the hard part is they still put you somewhere where you can't focus on yourself. Yeah. Even when you're supposed to. Yeah. And that's, that was the hard part for me, I think, but going back to work was super hard. Yeah. I mean, cause, and you think, okay, I can, I can at least get through this day. And you just start to zombie out, you know? Yeah. Like, I would just blank. And because I would be thinking about her or just trying to numb any emotions or feelings. 
because I don't want to cry, you know? And it's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's even, you know, to this day, right? We still yeah. are like sometimes, oh God, I'm about to start crying because I'm thinking about her. Mm-hmm. I think every time I, even when, every time I go to that school, every time I go to the elementary school, I just almost start crying. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's crazy. Why the elementary school? I think that's because I had to take Emma there after it all happened mm-hmm. and having to talk to them about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Like that's I get so teary eyed and I just like waves of emotion hit me. Yeah. And so it was just like the first day of school for her. I was like in tears and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was really ridiculous. Her first day, not first day of school, because I got the wrong first day of school. <laughs> <laughs> it was her first day of school. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like little triggers still yeah. here and there. But I mean, we just... We're still survi- we're still in survival mode. Oh yeah. Two years later, yeah. we're still in survival mode. It's still every day, like there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about how I found her. There's just not a day that goes by. And I mean I have to actively try to replace the images of what I saw with the images of what I want it to be, which is Yeah her happy smile and you know so I have to actively like nope don't don't think about her that way you know because that's not how she would have wanted us to think about her yeah and we've never talked about that at all and I think that's one thing I probably will never ask you about yeah because I I don't I don't want to even think about how it's it's rough oh I don't want to make you cry um you know, like I think of her singing car karaoke <laughs> um, because that's she loved to sing. Let me tell you the one time when we were going, I still remember, I think it was at El Pollo Loco drive through <laughs> over by my mom's house. And I was in the car with you two. And it was like, oh gosh, I don't know. It was definitely not something that I let my kids listen to. <laughs> And, like, all of a sudden, you know, she's, like, singing away. And I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah. This is our jam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We had inappropriate song car karaoke all the time. (laughs) Because, you know, I used to be like, no, we don't listen to this music. And then I was like, why am I doing that? She's going to hear it regardless. Yeah. So I'm depriving myself of music I like anyways. (laughs) I'm just going to embrace it. And we're going to listen to whatever. And so we would you know, jam out to some Cardi B or Lizzo, Yeah. you know, and it was fun. You know, <laughs> it, it was always some, some type of hilarious little antic with her yeah. too. So we had one bad thing every day was the DoorDash. Yeah. But next for the kids, like they're supposed to go back to school. Yeah. Right. And like, Okay, they were really going to do well in school that year. No. No. We we chalked it up as our uh, throwaway year for school. Yeah. <laughs> Which was crazy because it was kindergarten year. Yeah. <laughs> <for> mine. <laughs> and I was like, chalk it up as a throwaway. Who cares about kindergarten? Because yeah. <laughs> we, 
couldn't expect them to go back to full functioning school. First of all, it was middle of COVID. Yeah. So they're online learning. Yeah, it was like hybrid learning. Um, or was it online that year? It was online, and then it turned into hybrid. Oh, yeah. The first half was online. online. And then, like, I want to say two to three months after everything happened, then it went back into person, and it was, like, hybrid. It was half and half, which, you know. That's already chaotic for most students. Yeah. But for these kiddos who had to, you know, kind of live through their trauma, like, they were also zoning out and not being able to focus. And I'm like, how am I going to yell at this kid that they need to focus when get I their, can't focus? Get their work? homework done, do yeah. their reading. Yeah. Not lash out at teachers yeah. who are like, hey, focus. It's like, yeah, we're lashing out at people too at work. Like, yeah. You know, and again, not an appropriate response. Not okay. It's not like we're like, yeah, go ahead and yell at your teachers. We're like, you know, you really can't be doing that. But we also understand why. Yeah. You can't express yourself in certain ways in class. And it's not, you know, you, you, you're feeling certain ways. Yeah. You know, it sucks. Yeah. Like if what we were feeling at the time when we were going through it as a teenager, oh my God, I don't know how I would function. Yeah. And they honestly, didn't really. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know how I would have moved on yeah. as a teenager dealing with it mm -hmm. or as a child, like such a traumatic event as a young child to deal with. Yeah. And here we are as adults not being able to function. Yeah. yeah. I remember the teachers being like, oh, you know, if you can really help her out with her reading or this, you know, what, what would you like us to do to help leave us alone? That's what I would like Yeah, <laughs> for you to understand that we're not changing anything right now. This is a throwaway year. Yes. Yeah. Like just let us be because yeah. we don't even know what we're dealing with. I think literally the kids failed every single class that year, like maybe a D here and there. Definitely behind in her reading levels. Yeah. I remember that. And it was a struggle the next year to catch up. Yeah. Luckily, her dad helped her out a lot with her reading and stuff because I definitely was not helpful in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Are They're doing well now. Yeah, they're doing so good. I And, you know, I was telling Cynthia earlier that, like, it, I think it's been just in the past couple of weeks that I feel like there's a light there's there's hope for our family yeah that we will actually make it because there were so many days that like I honestly did not think we were gonna make it I thought one by one we were gonna just all yeah I can't even say the words yeah neither can I <laughs> but, like that's exactly what I thought I was like my god like this is we're, we're not gonna make it yeah because it hurts so much and everybody like was hurting at different times and it was just like and I was even scared to get like hopeful because every time I got hopeful, something, somebody would break down. Yeah. Know? And so I was like, dang it. Like, so even some, when everybody seemed like they were in a good place, like from one day, 
I'd be like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Like, when's it going to come crashing down? Like, that was even almost like a traumatic Yeah. Experience. I mean, kind of right now for me, right? So dealing with all the issues I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. besides, you know, the loss, I'm dealing with career transition, as we'll call it, <laughs> aka getting fired. Um, of course, career transition. <laughs> I got fired on my day off, okay? I'm willing to admit that. Not by my fault. No. It's still a little my fault, but whatever. <laughs> um. And dealing with a bunch of issues, other issues, you know. I'm just going to call it out because we have a platform now. Yeah. Military pay. Yeah, they gotta, suck. <laughs> you got to get on this. Like somebody who's been retired for eight months, you need to pay this person. Like veteran gave 20 years. Seriously? Yeah. But we need some payment over here. Like <laughs> this poor girl does not need any more shit added to her plate. Yeah. Fighting for my retirement has been rough. But, you know, I'm, I'm hanging on. Barely. But imagine the people who don't have your support. Yeah. Because like, you have me, you have my dad, you have my mom. Like, we're all like, hey, what can yeah. we do? Yeah. yeah no it, wonder suicide in veterans is very high. Yeah. And I can see why now is because you are, once you're done, it's like, you're just another number. And we're going to throw you off to the side. And when we get to you, we get to you in helping you with any issues you have. Granted, I have not dealt with any issues in the medical support. They have been great in that. So I will give the Veterans Affairs a big old plus on that for helping me with getting my medical help. Mm -hmm. But it's... The Department of Defense and dealing with retirement pay issues. Yeah. That's where it really stems is you have a break in your system and you need to fix it. Yeah. Because how many people can go eight months, a year without getting paid? Yeah. First of all, luckily I had a job when I first retired mm-hmm. lined up and I was making good money. And I had some money saved, so I wasn't hurting. And then when I lost my job, luckily I had, you know, you, my dad, I have my mom, and even my ex, he's helped me out. Yeah, so there's definitely hope, you know, on the other side, because there's days, like I said, that we were literally just going from day to day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. And honestly, I was so afraid to go check on the kids. Every single morning. And yeah. It's like, okay, you know, I had to take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, I have to go in there. And it's hard because before, you know, Jay passed away, whenever I would like try to get the kids up, I'd, you know, joke, you know, try to get them up, but like they wouldn't say or do anything. So I'd be like, hey, give me a sign of life. And so after Jay, I'm like, ah, hey, Okay, I need you to, hey, please respond to something. And, but, like, I could feel them. I knew that yeah. they were good, but they were just, like, so, like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not yeah. getting up. I remember having to <laughs> spray. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed a spray bottle of water <laughs> because, like, yelling at her. 
yeah. would not wake her up. <laughs> your big one, my big yeah, one. Yeah, your big one, your yeah. oldest daughter. Up. So I took a spray bottle and just started spraying her with water from across the room. And then finally I see a smirk on her face and I'm like, you like this? What is wrong with you? Like, I'd be pissed if someone was spraying me with water in my bed. Like, I don't care. But I, I was like, at least I know you're up. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so, like, that was, you know, part of it. Like, yeah. how do I get over that fear of walking into that again? Yeah. Know? No. Uh, yeah. So. I'm not going to lie. Like, getting phone calls. If it's phone calls from family members, I'm like... Why are you calling me? Okay. In my head, I automatically think instant, like, chaos is going to happen. Something, It's something bad. Because mm -hmm. we don't really call each other. No, we don't. Um, which <laughs> is funny because my dad even calls me a lot. And he tells me, like, hey, just checking in on you. And I'm like, I got to get better at this so that <laughs> it's not something that's going like, oh, something bad happened. That's why you're calling me. No, it's just to say hi. Yeah. I forget who called me. It was a family, but it was like at a weird hour. And I was like, <gasps> like that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, like almost a panic attack. But I, I forget what the heck they were calling about. It was something dumb, but it was not yeah. fun. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> oh, my me. God, what's wrong? It's like, <laughs> it's like okay. heart, many heart attacks happening every yeah. time your phone rings. Like, why because, are you calling me? Just text me. Right? Because <laughs> Text me like a normal person. That's all we do is we text. And then when we get that phone call, like, I automatically think of the phone call I got from you. Yeah. And what's crazy is I thought about that today, too, when I was getting ready, is I was thinking about that phone call and how my first response to you, which I thought was really weird, I don't know if you remember, but I told you, you had to make her throw up. Oh, I don't remember that. I was telling you, because you said, oh, she she won't wake up. And I said, make, try and make her throw up. And I was like, shove your finger down her throat and make her throw up. Because I automatically knew something to that extent. Yeah. And I don't know why. It was like deep in deep inside of me like I knew that was it and I didn't want to think it at the same time but as soon as you called me and I got that I was like make her throw up you got to make her throw up and then all of a sudden I'm going 95 down the highway and I'm like oh god I'm gonna get a ticket yeah. and I'm gonna get in a wreck or something so I had to that's why I felt awful afterwards because I, I wasn't thinking in the moment yeah I really was not thinking. But you just, had to tell me. I was like, you, do this. And I got to call 911. And then, you know, I had told actually the, my big one to call you. And you yeah, know, they dialed the number. And then I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, give me the phone. So I have one phone with you on it and one phone with 911 on it. And I got, you know, Jay in front of me. So I'm trying to do all the things. And the three kids behind me screaming. Oh. And so it was absolute chaos and so yeah I was just like what what do I do and so then I'm yeah. trying to tell you so you can come home but like luckily you were already on your way home yeah it just happened to be at the end of the work day and I was on my way home yeah which I remember after I got there one I wasn't let in mm -hmm. and the very kind officer did not arrest me for pushing and shoving him 
Yeah. And pretty I thought much, you almost like threw punches. Yeah, almost. But he was very kind yeah. and gently placed me on the floor. <laughs> like, did he like... He grabbed me, picked me up, pulled me out of the house, and put me on the floor in the garage. And that's when you came out and talked to me. So... Thank you to that kind officer for not arresting me for assaulting him, yeah. um, for being very understanding. Um, I have to say, everyone that was there that day was very kind. Yes. It took fucking forever. Oh, yeah. It was a full day event. Yeah. Like, but not until, I want to say, two in the morning did it. everyone leave. Mm -hmm. It was long. It was intense. Yeah. But they were all very kind. They were very nice. And your neighbors were absolutely amazing and understanding of everything, like not freaking out. Yeah. I remember somebody brought us a ton of food, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is really weird because it looked like they had just caught home from the hospital too. They did. And they had brought us food. <laughs> they had, I didn't find out till way later. I think it was like a year later that Pedro told me like, oh yeah, he had gone to the hospital because so-and-so was in the hospital. And then he realized, oh, like, let me bring them some food, too. And I was like, that is so kind. Yeah. So he let us use his restroom. Then our other neighbor let us use her restroom because... We couldn't go in the house. We couldn't go in the house. Yeah. Well, everyone that came out, because, like, obviously, when we start telling people, like, family... Yeah. They're just... Immediately coming to respond. Mm -hmm. I remember telling you to call my dad and have him show up. Yeah. Like, I cried for my dad because I'm a daddy's girl. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I also remember my first phone call to somebody to tell them was to call work <laughs> and let them know that I wasn't going to come in the next day. <laughs> that was the worst thing ever because I remember that phone call and it's very vivid in my head. And it was like calling my captain and she's a or a navy lieutenant she was a marine captain and i was like hey i'm not gonna be able to come into work tomorrow my daughter just died and her response was like um okay and then i hung up on her and i was just like that yeah that's that's what happened luckily i have friends that worked with me mm -hmm. who are very good friends and so they ended up calling like the people who really mattered and they handled everything correctly. Yeah. So that that poor captain didn't have to be like, I don't know what just happened, but I got this weird phone call and then she hung up on me. Yeah. And it's almost <laughs> like, hi, my car is broken down. I'm not yeah. going to be able to make it into work tomorrow. Like, yeah. what? Like, hey, my daughter's dead. Can't come in. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but it's like that literal shock. Yeah. That was... In. But it was so weird that I, that was, like, my first phone call was, like, I'm not going to be able to come into work. But that's, like, and the then, military dug into <laughs> you, right? Like, Right? Like, I don't want to get in trouble for not being at work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On time. I so, yeah. I called out for eight being AWOL. Like. Yeah. And, but then I had to call her dad, too. Yeah. And I had, luckily, this is really weird, but his, he was supposed to be gone on a ship. Luckily, the ship didn't leave on time, so he was still here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And so I had actually seen him that morning, and I had dropped him off at a restaurant with his friends, and then I headed home after that. And so 
when I was driving home and I got home and all of that happened. Then I called her dad and I was like, hey, you need to get here. And so he had to get driven over. But I mean, imagine trying to get him informed if he was actually gone. That would have been chaos times two and how that would have impacted him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was definitely difficult. So, like, again, we used DoorDash to survive. We used this is a throwaway year for school to survive. Um, One thing that helped me that first year, well, I'm going to say I still have the person, but um, I have always been, like, a clean freak when it comes to bathrooms. Like, Mm -hmm. I cannot have a dirty bathroom. I think it's disgusting. But I could not bring myself to clean after this. So, you know, we would go a full month or two without cleaning the restrooms or the kitchen, really. Like, we would do, like, the daily stuff, but not, like, anything. Deep cleaning. Yeah, that needs to happen. So I saw somebody on Facebook advertise, like, a cleaning um, service. So I was like, okay, yeah, we're just going to do this right now. And you know what? There was, like, almost shame in it to have to have somebody come in and clean my house because I know like I'm sitting there I have plenty of hours but like I just cannot get my butt up because I'm just in that depressed state yeah so I was like this is what I'm going to give myself I'm going to give myself this person who can come in and help us you know twice a month to come in and clean for a few hours, make sure that our bathrooms and kitchen are clean at the very least. Yeah. And I mean, that's a privilege. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Right. We understand that there are some people who can't, like I personally can't afford to have somebody clean my house. Yeah. Um, Do I still struggle with cleaning? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have dishes piled up currently right now in my kitchen and it's okay because I'll get them done. Um, But that's just how... Well, I had seen an article and this helped me out a lot was I'd seen an article where a woman talked about her depression and stuff. And I guess she said something about not being able to like bring them, bring herself to like get the dishes out and put them away mm-hmm. out of the dishwasher. The um, therapist said something about like, cause she said, Oh, you're not supposed to run it twice or like mm-hmm. you can't do it, whatever. And the therapist says like, who says, who's they, you know? Yeah. Who's they that says this. So like when you think they say you shouldn't do this or they say you should be doing it I this way. They. Yeah. They are the worst. So I'm like, Oh, <laughs> who is they? Like, you know what? We're, you need to do what you need to do to get yourself to that next day. Yeah. Forget whoever they is. Yeah. They're not important in your life. No. What is, is you and whoever you deem to be important. Yeah. I mean, honestly, It took a lot. I used to think so, I used to care what other people thought of me so much Um, to the point where, you know, I would always try to keep up appearances and try and meet a specific way of looking Mm -hmm. or acting. Now I just don't care because they're not important. And if they don't like me, who cares, right? But it took a very long time. And it took a really fucked up event to happen in my life for me not to be that way. You know, I used to care what other people thought about how I looked because, you know, I had to be a certain weight. Mm -hmm. 
and I had to look a certain way. Now, am I happy with where I am weight-wise? No, but that's on my own accord. Yeah. I don't care what other people think, though. It's just about how you feel about yourself. Yeah. And same. I still struggle. I still struggle a lot when it comes to, you know, finding motivation to do things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, One of my biggest struggles is finding my motivation to get back out there to not even fully work out, but just to be outside and do things. Mm -hmm. It took a while. But now I am doing things like we, we do things together as sisters. You know, we take our time to say, no kids, you're not coming with us. We're going to have our own time because this is for us. Yeah. And I think that helps me. In the last four days, hey, I've been going on walks. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I need to find times. It's really hard, you know, and we go back and forth, back and forth, you know, and I regress a lot sometimes, but it is what it is and it's okay. Yeah. Like I've learned that it's okay if you regress, you know, it happens. Just don't dwell on it. Yeah, I guess. And that was the thing that my therapist always told me was like, you you can't sit there and punish yourself for it. Yeah. You know, that's going to happen. So just, okay, now I need to move on. How do I get back to a good place? Yeah. Because it, it does suck. It's not something that just goes away. You know, that's like linear in um, how how you get better. It does go up and down, up and down. It does yeah. all around. And so you just really, yeah, day to day. Yeah, definitely. It's a day to day thing. And it's, it's okay to feel the way you feel, however you feel, whether you're happy, you're sad, you're indifferent, you just don't know what your feelings are. Cause definitely have been there before where I can't even explain how I'm feeling, but I know it is a chaos of emotions in me. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think everybody like think about it too. Like everybody deals with it different. I am somebody who likes to sit in silence. Right. Whereas like, I remember you said that my house was too quiet. Oh yeah. I hate <laughs> silence. Like I need some. Even if no one's talking to me, I need to have the TV on right in the background just so I have, like, I won't even be watching it. I just need to hear it. Yeah. And sometimes I will be like that, but sometimes I just literally just sit on the couch and just look at the blank TV because I'm not even looking at the blank TV. I'm just like thinking or seeing what's in my head, you know, whatever, if I'm thinking about Jay or thinking about the kids or worrying about them, whatever it is. But like, and I think that's when like, at least my kids and Pedro know, like, oh, maybe I should leave her alone because I'm literally just sitting there looking into space. Yeah. And they're like, "Mm -mm." see where (laughs) I can't do that. I go crazy. I go crazy when it's quiet and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't handle this. I need something. So I like chaos a little. I I, wonder if it's because then you would get too much into your head. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because I just, I can't function when it's super silent. Even when I work, I remember being at work and they'd be like, you can't listen to your headphones or anything. I would always have my AirPods in (laughs) and listening to either a podcast or some music. Because I'm like, I go crazy just sitting here working in pure silence. Mm. That and I could hear their conversations and I was tired of hearing their conversations through the walls. Yeah. So, because I'm super nosy and if I hear someone's conversation, I'm going to listen. So if you're ever sitting near me and you don't want me to hear something, don't talk around me. (laughs) Don't say it. Because I'm going to listen. It's not that I'm trying, but if I hear something, I have to turn to listen to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've gotten in trouble at work for that too. I've definitely started answering things when people talk to, and I'm like, oh God, 
I should have chimed in. Yeah. <laughs> I totally would do that. Like I would hear before I would hear like two advisors talking maybe like in the hall. Yeah. And they'd be like working through a problem or a question. And then I just like chime in like, it's supposed to be like this. And then they're like, ah, okay. But then I feel like that weirdo who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that at work all the time. Like my boss would be talking to somebody else. And they would be talking about something, trying to figure out like a date or something. And I'd be like, do, 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 quickly type it up, check and see. And then I'd just answer from the other room and they'd be like, thanks. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Sorry, yeah. I'm listening to your conversation. But you're doing it loud enough where I could hear you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just FYI, I can hear you when you talk from yeah. there. <laughs> or close the door. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. I can still hear you through the wall, but then I know that it's not a conversation I can answer <laughs> if the door is closed. <laughs> Even though I can hear you. Yeah. It was funny because my coworkers know I could hear everything. So they'd be like, ooh, what's the cheese man? <laughs> I'm like, I can't hear. I have my AirPod in. <laughs> On purpose. Yes. Aww. But yeah, I think honestly, we we're still not thriving, I'll tell you that. No, I'm not uh, thriving. Whew, I wish I was. Yeah. But we're definitely still in survival mode, and I think that just uh, never goes away after a while. I mean, I'm hoping survival ends at some point. Yeah. That we maybe. get to a point where we thrive. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. you'll join us on our journey to getting to that point, but right now. Where we're thriving. Yeah. Yeah. But right now we're still surviving. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We really hope that this helps anybody out. Um, like we said, we're not professionals in any way, shape or form when it comes to this. No. We're just two sisters who have had to deal with some really traumatic events. And we're here to talk and give people an understanding that it's okay to feel the way you feel. And however you process is okay, because we're not, you know, we're not robotic, right? We're not pre-programmed to do just one way. Like we have yeah. to we all have our own ways of coping and I mean, just try to make it a healthy way. Yeah. Um, but if not, don't beat yourself down either because like, just try to do better. Yeah. So we're all just trying to make it from one day to the next. Yeah. It's, we're going to be okay. Yeah. But thank you for listening. So thanks for joining us for episode one of Chaotic Aftermath. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Chaotic Aftermath Podcast, one word, or on TikTok, Chaotic underscore Aftermath, or email us at chaoticaftermathpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>